Thank you for listening to this Aspen podcast, highlighting abstracts accepted for the Aspen 21 conference. This podcast is brought to you by a grant from Fresenius Cabby. I'm pleased to have this opportunity to discuss the research with the authors. My name is Michael Christensen. I'm a professor in the Department of Clinical Pharmacy and Translational Science at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. And I'm the director of the Parental Nutrition Service at LaVonner Children's Hospital in Memphis. I will be interviewing Jennifer Lester, who is a clinical nutrition specialist, and Samantha Munford, a neonatal nutrition clinical pharmacy specialist, on behalf of their colleagues from Nemers DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington, Delaware, about their abstract entitled Retrospective Review of a 100% Fish Oil Based Lipid Injectable Emulsion Use in a Pediatric Hospital. Welcome, Jennifer and Samantha. Jennifer, let's begin first by having you summarize the findings from your study. Great. Thanks for having us on this podcast today. So to summarize our findings from the study, Samantha, myself, and Dr. Lynn Fuchs completed a retrospective review of the use of a fish oil-based lipid injectable emulsion in our freestanding pediatric hospital. We completed a retrospective chart review from July 2019 through July 2020 to identify patients that received the fish oil ILE. We looked at patient age, diagnosis, prior ILE use and dose, the indication and duration of the fish oil ILE, along with lab data, which included pre, peak, and post fish oil ILE direct bilirubin levels. A total of seven patients received the fish oil ILE from July 2019 through July 2020. Their ages ranged from less than 40 weeks corrected age through 21 years of age. The most common indication for prescribing the fish oil ILE was conjugated bilirubin level greater than 2.0 milligrams per deciliter due to a failure of the four oil ILE or the soy oil-based ILE. One patient was on the fish oil ILE secondary to a soy allergy. The duration on the fish oil ILE ranged from 10 to 65 days. Reversal of parental nutrition-associated cholestasis, which was determined by a conjugated bilirubin level that was less than 2.0 milligrams per deciliter, was found in three out of seven of our patients. The other four out of seven of our patients either reached full enteral feeds or were found to have another etiology of conjugated hyperbilirubinemia. No adverse events due to the fish oil ILE, such as bleeding or coagulopathy, were noted in our patients. So overall, our experience with the fish oil ILE showed its benefit for the reversal of parental nutrition-associated cholestasis. Thank you for that summary. Let's get a little more into detail here. Samantha, for the first six patients who received the fish oil-based lipid emulsion due to an elevated direct bilirubin, what was the duration of soy oil and mixed oil lipid emulsions prior to the start of the fish oil-based lipid emulsion? So we had one patient who came over from an outside hospital already on the fish oil-based IV lipid emulsion. So the medical team just continued the therapy as the patient still had an underlying direct hyperbilirubinemia and was still requiring parenteral nutrition. So prior use of any IV lipid emulsion history of this patient is unknown um, as we do not have the records of that hospital. Of the other five patients, the days of the mixed oil lipid emulsion ranged anywhere from three days to up to 53 days. The patient on the mixed oil lipid emulsion for the three days already had cholestasis 
not due to prior parental nutrition, but felt may benefit from being on the fish oil-based injectable emulsion. However, this eventually was discontinued for this patient due to poor growth, and the liver biopsy ended up showing giant cell hepatitis. Just otherwise of note, no patient in the study received soy-based lipid emulsion prior to going on the fish oil. So only mixed oil lipid emulsion use was used in our patient population. One of the things I noticed was that five out of six patients continued to have a rise or their peak bilirubin occurred after initiating the fish oil-based lipid emulsion, the initiation of fish oil lipid emulsion before bilirubin concentrations began to decline. Great question. So it's definitely been documented in the literature that bilirubin levels may initially increase in the first month of um, fish oil injectable lipid emulsion therapy. And I often have to remind our providers of this because it is evident in our patients. So the direct bilirubin began to decline after an average of 22 days on the fish oil injectable lipid emulsion. Excellent. I know that from our experience, we've seen this sort of same phenomena that it does take time for this to happen. Only two of the six patients with an elevated direct bilirubin had reversal with the initiation of fish oil uh, emulsion, although all six had a decline in the direct bilirubins from their peak concentration. Would you speculate on why there wasn't resolution in the elevated direct bilirubin concentration in these other patients uh, with the initiation of the fish oil-based lipid product? So um, we can only speculate that the patients didn't have enough time on the fish oil-based lipid emulsion before seeing full resolution or decline below our marker of the 2.0 milligram per deciliter of the direct bilirubin. Those patients who completed their course before resolution had actually reached full enteral feeds and no longer required parenteral nutrition supplementation. So that was a good thing. Another question related to this, but three of your patients without resolution of their elevated direct hyperbilirubin were not typical of the patient population we associate with perineural nutrition-associated cholestasis, that is, patients with intestinal failure. Two of these patients had congenital heart disease, and one was a bone marrow transplant patient. How might these differences in the potential etiologies of their elevated direct bilirubin affect their response to the fish oil-based lipid emulsions? Sure. Um, we suspect that the etiology of the direct hyperbilirubinemia we saw in these patients was multifactorial. The three patients that were on the fish oil lipid injectable emulsion for an average of, um, they were on it for an average of 47 days. Prior to transitioning to the fish oil based lipid injectable emulsion, they were all on parental nutrition for greater than one month with the mixed oil um, lipid injectable emulsion. The bone marrow transplant actually advanced to full feed, and thus the fish oil lipid injectable emulsion was discontinued. Um, she, unfortunately, she ended up expiring 20 days after the fish oil ILE was stopped due to her underlying medical condition. This was not related to the fish oil lipid emulsion at all. One of the congenital heart patients actually also advanced to full feed and no longer needed a lipid injectable emulsion. Um, the other congenital heart patient began to show signs of essential fatty acid deficiency um, and a liver biopsy that indicated she had um, giant cell hepatitis and autoimmune hemolytic anemia. This is the patient Samantha was referring to earlier. 
So fish oil lipid emulsion was used in all these patients since the direct bilirubin was greater than two for more than two consecutive lab draws with an expectation that these patients would continue to require parental nutrition for greater than two weeks. Unfortunately, the critical nature of their respective illnesses makes it difficult to determine if their direct hyperbilirubinemia was related to parental nutrition-associated cholestasis or due to their underlying medical condition or a mixture of both because it's so difficult for us to determine um, what the actual cause of their direct hyperbilirubinemia was. We felt it would be in their best interest to start these patients on the fish oil um, lipid emulsion. Good. Thank you. I have one sort of last question about these patients, and that was whether or not they had any other therapies for their elevated direct bilirubin, such as ursodiol. Yes. One patient in the study was actually managed with IV phenobarbital for their direct hyperbilirubinemia as this patient was on no enteral feeds and still requiring full parental nutrition and uh, fish oil. Of the others, the rest of the five out of the six direct hyperbilirubinemia patients were prescribed ursodiol. And this was typically started after initiation or completion of the IV fish oil. Typically, at this point, the patients were on at least half-volume enteral feeds or off of the uh, fish oil lipid emulsion and on enough enteral nutrition to give them enough fat calories. We also had another patient, the ursodiol was started after they were fully off parental nutrition. So, yeah, five out of the six were provided ursodiol. Uh, thank you for answering my questions. Are there any additional comments you'd like to make? Sure. We just wanted to make one more comment. Samantha and I um, wanted to take a moment to thank Dr. Lynn Fuchs, um, one of our neonatologists here at Nemours, who helped us gather this data and to analyze it and put it all together. So we just wanted to give a special thanks to her. All right. Thank you, Jennifer and Samantha, for joining us today. We also want to thank Fresenius Cabby for providing us the opportunity to discuss this research. And as always, thank you, our audience, for listening to this Aspen podcast. That's all for this episode. Please return to the Aspen channel of SoundCloud often and listen to our newest podcast. To support what we do, please share, subscribe, and leave a review over on SoundCloud. Thank you. Thank you.